From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Monday the 24th of October 2022. Good afternoon. Today we're going to be talking about the UK's next Prime Minister. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing just whether it's time for a reset of UK-EU relations. But first, Rishi Sunak. In a very dramatic end to the week last week, we saw Liz Truss resign as Prime Minister. In resigning, Truss opened the door to another Conservative Party leadership election, which is a procedure that allows Tory MPs and usually the party membership to choose who will lead the party and, as a result, the country. The group that oversees this leadership election is known as the 1922 Committee. They decided on Friday that this election would be a lot shorter than normal, presumably in an attempt to minimise any further damage to the Conservative Party. As we saw in the last election over summer, candidates can be quite scathing about one another, which, in turn, leads to party fragmentation. Minimising time for campaigning, debating and voting reduces this risk. This is why, despite the fact that Truss only resigned four days ago, the next Prime Minister has been announced today as Rishi Sunak. He was the only person to reach over the 100-vote threshold and, in fact, received the support of more than half of the Conservative MPs in Parliament. This is significant because Truss was forced to resign because she'd effectively lost the support of her parliamentary colleagues. Truss had the support of the Conservative Party membership, but not the MPs in the last leadership election. The fact that Sunak does have the overwhelming support of his MPs should mean that he is more able to command confidence in the House of Commons and will be able to govern more effectively. In the summer leadership election, Sunak ran a campaign promising fiscal responsibility. He said that it's not time to cut taxes and criticised Truss's plans to pay for everyday government spending through borrowing. Perhaps Sunak's colleagues will view the negative market reaction and ultimately the downfall of Truss as vindicating Sunak's argument on fiscal policy. Vindicated or not though, Sunak will have a very, very tough few weeks ahead. Even with a majority of Tory MPs backing him, the very same Tory MPs have killed off two Prime Ministers in just a few months. They're rebellious, factional and divided. The economy is in a state, with the pound weak against the dollar, inflation in the double digits, interest rates rising and energy costs surging. This has led the Conservatives being the furthest behind in the polls since the late 90s, with Labour ahead by upwards of 30 points. Sunak will need to work hard and skillfully in order to fix any of these problems. We'll be sure to cover his moves as Prime Minister on this channel, over on the TLDR podcast channel, on the podcasts formerly known as Trust Issues, and over on the UK channel. So make sure you subscribe to all of these so you don't miss out. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. Amid heightened military tension, North and South Korea exchanged warning shots along their western sea border on Monday. South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff said it sent out warnings and fired warning shots in the early morning to repel a North Korean merchant vessel which the South said crossed the northern limit line, the de facto maritime border between the two countries. 
The Northern Limit Line has long been a source of tension since it was drawn up in the 50s at the end of the Korean War, as North Korea claims it should lie further to the south. In response, North Korea said it fired 10 artillery rounds where naval enemy movement was detected, accusing a South Korean Navy ship of intruding into North Korean waters. The incident comes at a time of increased tension between the two countries, as North Korea recently ramped up its missile tests and South Korea hosted joint military drills with the United States. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. On Sunday, Russia's Defence Minister Sergei Shogu held separate telephone calls with his counterparts from four NATO countries the UK, US, France and Turkey. The Russian Ministry of Defence's readout of the calls said that Shaigu told his counterparts of Moscow's concerns that Ukraine might detonate a so-called dirty bomb, a conventional explosive laced with radioactive material in its own territory and alleged that Ukraine's planned actions were being facilitated by Western countries. The unfounded claims have been strongly rejected, with the UK's Defence Secretary Ben Wallace warning Russia against using such allegations as a pretext for greater escalation. Ukraine's President Zelensky said he feared that Moscow was setting the stage for using such a device itself. If Russia calls and says Ukraine is allegedly preparing something, it means only one thing. That Russia has already prepared all of it, he said. Russia's Ministry of Defence said in its readouts of Shaigu's call with his French counterpart that the situation in Ukraine is rapidly deteriorating and is trending towards further uncontrolled escalation. Xi Jinping has secured a historic third term as China's leader as the country's ruling communists wrapped up their 20th Party Congress, a meeting of some 2,400 delegates held every five years. The Congress saw 69-year-old Xi cement his position as China's most powerful ruler since Mao and end the decades-long precedent of leaders standing aside after two terms. After being reappointed General Secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, Xi unveiled the members of the 24-seat Politburo, a powerful decision-making body, and also the members of the Politburo Standing Committee an even more exclusive group consisting of the top leadership of the Communist Party. Through these state institutions, Xi has further consolidated his power, as those unveiled as the committee members are key allies and loyalists of Xi, including Li Qingyang and Tsai Chi. For the first time in 25 years, the new Politburo contains no women, where previously there was one. Xi's appointment to another five-year term has been met with congratulations from North Korea's Kim Jong-un and Russia's Vladimir Putin. That's all we have time for on YouTube, but if you want to see our discussion of the UK-EU relationship, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up 
And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.